Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, May 4th. The time is 7 p.m. And you're tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this one-hour block of time. And we welcome you. Parents of Prodigals podcast is a weekly, a weekly live podcast dedicated, committed, and consecrated to the ministry of praying for our wayward and prodigal sons and daughters. We welcome any new listeners to the podcast. If you are new, the Parents of Prodigals podcast is a live call-in program. And at this time, we offer prayer and supplication, petition and thanksgiving and prayer warfare for those of us who are parents of wayward and backslidden sons and daughters. We welcome your participation in this program. We invite you to be a part of it by calling in your prayer requests. If you have a request that you want us to bring before the throne of grace and pray for your unsaved son and daughter, we will do so. Maybe perhaps you have a insight you'd like to share or maybe perhaps a scripture you'd like to share maybe perhaps you'd like to call in with a testimony of what the lord is doing in the life of your son and daughter i've said before that right now god is moving in the lives of many of the people that we've been lifting up in prayer and we thank god for that and we praise god for his moving And we believe God for the salvation, the deliverance and salvation of our unsaved sons and daughters. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I believe that the next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the rapture, the snatching away of believers from this world. It could happen tonight. And when we think about that event, which is predicted in the word of God, In the book of Thessalonians, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds in the air to meet the Lord. This is not a fairy tale. It is actually going to happen. But the last thing we want is for our unsaved sons and daughters to get left behind. You know, many of us as believers have seen movies like Left Behind and other Christian movies that have to do with the rapture. And when we see the events that are going to take place after the rapture, the the falling of the judgments, God's judgment on this rebellious and unrepentant world, we don't want our loved ones to get left behind and face this terrible time which will be known as the Great Tribulation. However, in addition to that, the Word of God also says that it is appointed once for everyone to die, and after this, the judgment. If it's not the rapture, coming before the Lord in judgment could come in the form of an untimely demise, an untimely death. We read in the news often of young people Maybe people who are in good health and are very athletic. Many people have been collapsing of heart failure or 
other ailments and dying suddenly, people you'd least expect who were in good health. It could happen at any time to anyone. We want to be ready for eternity. And so we want our unsaved sons and daughters to be delivered from whatever is holding them in bondage and to reach the point of accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what we want more than anything. And that's what this podcast is all about. It is a program that is completely committed, dedicated, and yes, I've said it before, consecrated to the ministry of praying for your unsaved son and daughter, our unsaved sons and daughters. Some of our sons and daughters may have been involved in the church, and as time passes, perhaps they have lost interest in the things of God. They no longer want to come to church or no longer are interested in the things of God not interested in prayer, not interested in reading the Bible. Maybe other things have distracted them. Peer pressure, the pursuit of career. Maybe, God forbid, they have developed an interest in an alternative religion, an alternative lifestyle, an alternative belief system. Many young people today are turning to New Age beliefs, Eastern religions, Some are even turning to Wicca. And we pray that the Holy Spirit deliver them from the influence of these wayward beliefs and lead them back to the truth of the gospel. Many of us have sons and daughters, and some of them are incarcerated. And we worry about them in those dangerous environments and Again, we pray that perhaps a prison ministry or a ministry behind the walls of these correctional facilities reach out to them, even though they're behind bars. The truth of the gospel and the Holy Spirit can transcend those barriers and touch their hearts and minds. Nothing is impossible for the Holy Spirit. And the greatest prison that can ever hold anyone bondage is a satanic prison of deception and lack of salvation. Jesus said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The gospel can set our prodigals free from whatever that is they're in bondage to. And so we continue to lift them up in prayer. In my own life, my son recently accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior about a month ago. He went through a personal crisis and ended up in the driveway of my home, and him and I spoke for a while, shared scripture, and the prayer of faith was said. And my son surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And now, of course, I continue in prayer and supplication and petition on behalf of my daughter for her salvation her deliverance from what's holding her in bondage. You, listener, may be in the very same boat. You have a prodigal son and daughter, and you are worried about them. Maybe they're involved in certain things, and you worry about their soul. Maybe it's a mental health issue, depression, low self-esteem, guilt. 
Maybe they're bitter against the church. Maybe they see too much hypocrisy. Maybe they're angry at something or maybe had a bad experience in a church and they have turned away from the things of God in anger or bitterness or resentment. Only the Holy Spirit can touch the hearts and minds of those that are going through that. Softening the hardened heart, opening the blind eyes, and opening up the doors of a closed mind so that they will see the truth of God's word, admitting their need for a Savior and accepting Jesus Christ as Lord of their lives and saviors of their souls. And so every Thursday at seven o'clock, we come together sharing scripture, having a devotion, and then taking your prayer requests as the Spirit leads, lifting up sons and daughters before the Lord, praying for their deliverance from whatever is holding them in bondage, setting the captives free, claiming the blood of Jesus over their lives, and praying for their salvation. You know, when we pray for the salvation of our prodigals, it may come instantaneously. It may be something that's quick. Again, I've said it before. Jesus called the fishermen, and the word of God says they immediately left their nets. Matthew immediately left his tax collector's booth. But that's not always the case. We have to trust in the process. The Lord knows what it takes to save your prodigal son and daughter. They may need a Damascus Road experience like Paul went through. They may need to get zapped. If only it was that easy to come to Christ. A quick event, something fast, instantaneous. But the Lord knows what it would take to save your prodigal son and daughter. And he knows if it's going to be necessary to have them go through a difficult time or a difficult trial to bring them to the foot of the cross. And so we have to trust that the Lord knows what he's doing. We have to trust that the Lord has the perfect timing and the perfect way to have your prodigal come to the Lord. The children of Israel had to wait years and years and years before their deliverer came. At the appointed time it happened, and God has an appointed time for your prodigal, but the answer will come. And like my sister Leslie has just keyed in, we have to trust the Lord. We trust you, Lord. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how it seems, no matter how long it takes, we will trust you. Whatever is necessary, Lord God, we pray that the Holy Spirit bring our prodigals back home. So again, this podcast is interactive. Please don't hesitate to call in. There's an icon. If you're on the Pod B map, as my brother Jamie shared last week, he's my tech person. There is a phone icon on the Pod B map. Click on that and we will plug you in to be on the air. Maybe you don't want to be on the air. Maybe perhaps you want to type in instant message 
a insight or a testimony or prayer request, I will see it on my board and I will mention it on the air. We welcome your participation in this podcast. At this time, I want to welcome listeners from a variety of locations, New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, Georgia, Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, New Hampshire, Oregon, Washington. Those are the localities where people are tuning in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Internationally, we have listeners from Mexico, Ontario, Canada, New South Wales, Australia, in Victoria, France, Uganda, Brazil, and the United Kingdom. Welcome. Welcome to all of you. If you're tuning in live, God bless you. We welcome you to our podcast. And if you are going to listen to this podcast at a later time through a download, maybe you can't listen to the podcast live. Maybe you're working or the time difference doesn't make it possible. Whatever the reason, if you download this podcast and you're listening at a later date, the Holy Spirit can work through a downloaded podcast. It doesn't have to be live for the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God knows all things and transcends all things. And so we praise God for all listeners who are tuning in. At this time, I want to open up our podcast with an opening prayer, and then we will get into our devotion. Father, I thank you. We thank you for this brief time in eternity, Lord, to come together. And Lord, our hearts are burdened and weighed down for our prodigal sons and daughters. We want to see them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We don't want them to get left behind when the rapture takes place. We don't want them to enter into a Christless eternity. And so, Lord, we just lift up every parent of a prodigal who's listening to this podcast, and I pray that you are reaching out to them, Lord God, that they would be encouraged and edified and strengthened by this podcast. I also pray for any prodigal that may be listening, Lord. If there is an unsaved young person, an unsaved prodigal son and daughter, that your spirit touch their hearts with what's said this evening. Let this be a time of deliverance and salvation, Lord God. Now is the time. Put a burning coal on my lips so that I speak as an oracle. Let your word fall on good ground, bearing fruit in the life of every listener here. In Jesus' name, I pray, we pray, and we thank you, Lord. Amen. The title of tonight's devotional is Our Life Reflecting Our Message. Our Life Reflecting Our Message. And our scripture text is taken from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 3 through 10. 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 3 through 10. And I'll give you a moment to find that scripture text in your Bibles. You know, of all the cities that Paul ministered in, even Rome itself didn't pose a greater challenge 
when it came to correcting behavior and winning souls than Corinth. All you have to do is think of any major metropolitan city, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, San Francisco, Las Vegas, with the alternative lifestyles, the permissiveness, the multiple cultures, multiple religions, multiple philosophies, and the tolerance and acceptance for any and every behavior, no matter how decadent and ungodly, and you have Corinth. In fact, the Greek word that was used to describe someone in the ancient world who lived an immoral and ungodly lifestyle was the word Corinthiasomai, Corinthiasomai. Or in English, you would say this person is Corinthized. In addition to Paul's ministry in Corinth, the godly Christian couple, Priscilla and Aquila, were leaders in the church there. And they were assisted by a bold evangelist named Apollos. But with all the challenges that Corinth posed when it came to spiritual correction and evangelism, it would have and could have been very easy to perhaps become discouraged. They had their work cut out for them. What was true for the people in Corinth can be true when it comes to our prodigal sons and daughters. With all the various belief systems, New Age philosophies, crystals, Wicca, Eastern religions, the pursuit of pleasure, money, drugs, alcohol, the immorality of both the music and film industry, and so many other things that are appealing to them, it's easy to see our prodigal sons and daughters as Corinthiasomai. And that's why considering the challenges that witnessing and winning our Corinthianized prodigals poses today, you and I need to make sure that our lifestyle reflects our message. And so this evening, I want us to focus on six areas, according to our scripture text, that our lives should reflect our message. One, the reflection of our integrity. Two, the reflection of our endurance. Three, the reflection of our spiritual fruit. Four, the reflection of our power. Five, the reflection of our devotion. And six, the reflection of our perspective. So let's read our scripture text together. First Corinthians chapter six. I'm sorry, second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses three through ten. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God, in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened 
and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. First, the reflection of integrity, the reflection of our integrity. You know, in verse 3, Paul stated that he gave no cause for offense so that his ministry would not be blamed. The word give or placing in this text is the word didones, didotes. It is in the present tense, and it signifies a continuous action, making sure he lived a lifestyle of integrity in front of both believer and non-believers alike was Paul's regular and continuous lifestyle. And what did Paul ensure that he continuously did? That he would put no obstacle, no stumbling block in anyone's path so that his ministry would not be discredited. And that word obstacle or stumbling block is the word proskope, proskope. Figuratively, it means anything that causes someone to error, to be offended by. In the literal sense, it would mean anything that would prevent someone from progressing or moving forward. And there were many people in Corinth who would try to find any lack of integrity in Paul's life or ministry as an excuse to attack his credibility and his character and reject the gospel. On many occasions, for example, rather than be a financial burden, he chose to work to support himself. He was an example of what he would later say in chapter 8, verse 21, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. You and I as believing parents need to be spirit-led and have a spirit-led heightened state of awareness that our personal lives, the way we talk, the things we look at, maybe what we watch on TV and what we are focused on does not give our prodigal sons and daughters any cause or excuse to reject the gospel or find fault in the way we live. Second is the reflection of our endurance, the reflection of our endurance. Also in verse 3, Paul says that in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulation, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in sleeplessness, in fastings. The word commend in this text is the word sunistimai. Sunistimai. It means to demonstrate or to set as an example. It means to provide evidence of a personal characteristic or a claim that you make about yourself, but proving it by action. Our prodigal sons and daughters need to see in us what the Corinthians saw in Paul, Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos. Joy in the midst of difficulty, the peace that passes all understanding, absence of anxiety in adversity, complaining, whining, anger, and anxiousness before our prodigals can discredit our testimony and compromise what we are saying that we believe. The third is the reflection of our spiritual fruit. The reflection of our spiritual fruit. 
Paul goes on in verse 6 to describe several fruits or characteristics of the Holy Spirit in dwelling in us that were evident in them and should also be evident in us. Purity of life, long-suffering, kindness, sincere love should be seen by our unsaved sons and daughters. We can't convey the message of a transformed life and not live one. That would discredit our testimony. Fourth is the reflection of our power. The reflection of our power. Paul made it abundantly clear. The life he lived, his endurance, his integrity, his spiritual fruit, was not the result of his own willpower or his own strength. Paul described the life in Christ as a purely spiritual battle that required offensive weapons to fight with. Spiritual wickedness in high places and a defense against the attacks of the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Paul received spiritual weapons from an all-powerful God, both for offense on the right hand and defense on the left hand. Spurgeon himself described it as a supernatural enablement and empowerment by the Spirit and not a manifestation of natural strength. Are our lives a testimony and an example of spiritual power before our prodigal sons and daughters? Fifth is the reflection of our devotion, the reflection of our devotion. Paul mentions in verses 8 through 9 that regardless of what was said about him, whether honor or dishonor, whether he faced death or was abused for his faith, he would remain devoted and committed to the Lord. Is this the kind of devotion that our prodigals see in our lives? Or do they see us shrink and fold in our boldness and steadfastness when facing opposition? And six, the reflection in perspective, the reflection in our perspective. Finally, Paul mentions in verse 10, his perspective with a focus on heavenly realities. Even when sorrowful, he remained joyful. In poverty and in lack, the gospel and the things of eternity were the true riches that Paul talked about. And even if he lost all in this world, yet he still possessed riches eternal. This heavenly perspective of greater realities in heaven was a hallmark of Paul's ministry and life. Do our prodigals see and hear us having an eternal and heavenly perspective on life? You know, our testimony as parents of prodigal sons and daughters needs to commend and validate our message, lest they find a reason by our poor witness to discredit the gospel, reject the gospel, and reject us as examples of the power of salvation. And I pray that all of us commend ourselves by the way we live before our prodigal sons and daughters. You know, many of my devotions, in fact, all of my devotions for that matter, are usually born from personal experience. I rarely, if ever, speak about anything that I have not personally experienced. And I myself, many times, I've had to check myself in the way I talk sometimes or perhaps the way I behave. The last thing I want to do is to give anyone, my daughter especially, because I'm praying for her salvation, 
to give her an excuse to find a discrepancy in my Christian walk and thereby disqualify myself as a living witness, a living epistle that will be able to be read by her and others. And so the Spirit of God has to check us continuously to make sure we live lives worthy of our calling so that people don't find a reason to reject our testimony and therefore to reject our witness. Please join me in a prayer after this devotion. Father, I thank you for the words that I spoke and the insights that you blessed me with, Lord God. They didn't come from my own mind, Heavenly Father, but I thank you for opening my eyes to your word. And I pray that what was shared this evening become a reality, not just in my life, but in the lives of all who are listening to this podcast, Lord. Help us to live consistent lives before our prodigals, Lord. Lord, there may be unsaved sons and daughters who may be cynical to the gospel, maybe look for any hint of hypocrisy in our lives. Help us to be worthy of the title that we have, being a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Help us to live consistent lives, Lord God, holy lives, consecrated lives, being watchful, walking walking circumspectly, Lord God, being very careful about how we live. Help us to be conscientious about maintaining clean testimonies so that our Christian lives commend our ministry and commend us before our prodigal sons and daughters who may be perhaps looking for any reason to not accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Give us spiritual strength. Consecrate our hearts and minds and our lives. Help us to watch what we listen to, the way we behave, the way we act. Help us to live lives of love, purity, kindness, sincerity, faith, commitment, devotion, and holiness. We ask these things in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father. Amen. We've reached the halfway mark of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and at this time, we're going to put on some music, music with a message. And following the musical interlude, we will return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And so after our break, we will see you then. And we are praying that you are blessed by the music we are going to be playing. So stay tuned for the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Oh 
Sacrifice is true. Everything I do is just to glorify you. Whether I'm praying for my brother or I'm rapping in the booth, nothing else matters. Promise it's all about I'ma you. I'ma give you glory and honor and praise. Even though it's looking like bad weather in my day, I'ma give you glory and honor and praise. Only you are worthy of all of my praise. All of my praise I'ma give you all the glory All the honor All my 
my praises, lift my hands up, never faking, feel his presence, he's amazing, yeah, I'ma go hard for what I believe in, been given power to get rid of spirits and the demons, bondage is broken, any chains I was holding you pop off, it's true cause of his word it must happen, my God is not soft, all of the glory I give it to him, I work his word like I'm inside the gym, all of his praises I give them to you, you're faithful to me so I'm faithful to you, I give it to him Work out his word like I'm inside the gym All of my praises I give them to you Faithful to me so I'm faithful to you I'ma give you glory and honor and praise Even though it's looking like bad weather in my day I'ma give you glory and honor and praise Only you are worthy All right, we are back with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And normally we just play the music and we give all the honor and glory to God, but I do have to acknowledge those two musical numbers were brought to you by the Holy Spirit as he has gifted a young brother by the name of Jerron Wilkins of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. Brother Jerron Wilkins is a gifted young man of God, and he was on our podcast several months ago as a guest host, providing his testimony, and the Lord has blessed him with a wonderful gift as he shares what the Lord has done for him through music and spoken word. And in the second number you just heard, he was joined by Sister India Shock. Another wonderful sister in Christ, the choir director of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, and she is the wife of my dear brother Jamie Shack, Jamie Shock, my sound man who was tuned in tonight. Brother Jamie, I'll give you a shout out right now. God bless you, brother, and give my regards to India. Praise God and thank God for both of you. And Brother Jerron, if you're listening at a later time for this podcast, God bless you as well. And I thank God for your testimony and the wonderful gift that God has blessed you with. And actually, I did have someone who just tried to get through. My brother Jamie tried to get through. Maybe he'll try again. I was sort of slow in punching and pressing the button. But brother Jamie, if you're tuning in, try it again, and we will plug you in. I would love to hear from you, and there we go. Brother Jamie, are you there? I am, my brother. How are you doing? Very good, brother. God bless you, brother. What's new? God bless you. No, just um, enjoying the podcast as usual. Wanted mm. to encourage you because uh, you, as well as all the others here, need encouragement. You know, the devil comes at us all the time, trying to discourage us, trying to silence us, trying to make us give up. But you know, God gave you this uh, vision, and He made it happen. You know, as as much help as we've had from many other hands, God opened the door and God made this happen. So you continue to persevere and you continue to press through. Um, 
this was meant to be. And, and we are blessed by it, uh, as are many people. We're seeing the fruits of this ministry. Um, and we, we just have to, we have to go at it and we have to continue at it strong because Satan in this world has outright declared war on the family. They are going after your children. <clears throat> and if you're a parent with young children listening tonight, I would encourage you to really be, first of all, prayed up right. And uh, as our brother was saying earlier, uh, set that example. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, and I've, I've been frank in my testimony here in the past, you know, um, been saved. We, we raised our kids in the church, but I wasn't always that example in the house. I, you know, put a lot of uh, my time and effort into working hard and earning, thinking, you know, I, I had to be the provider of the house and I was, but, you know, God has called us men also to be priest, not just provider and protector, but priest. Mm. And um, if, if that word is for you or anybody listening now or in the future, men, it's not too late. You know, we can repent, we can get it right. We can um, come to our children and apologize, right? For not being there and being, you know, everything they needed spiritually, you know, within the house. Um, but yeah, I just want to, you know, give that word and, and say, you know, God is coming soon because this world has declared war on the children. And I just, I can't see how God is uh, gonna stand and, and wait around while this is happening here. Praise God. It is true. It is definitely true. You know, my brother Jamie and I, this podcast was born about a year and a half ago as my brother Jamie and I were sitting on the porch of a very dear brother's home doing a barbecue. And we discussed the burden that we had, the mutual burden that we had for our children and their salvation. And we both touched and agreed that we would pray for each other's children and the scariest thing that we both said, and I looked at my brother Jamie and I said, that's a scary thing to pray. Yes. And that prayer was, Lord, do whatever it takes to save my prodigal son and daughter. A very scary thing to pray, right, brother? That, absolutely very scary. But, you know, uh, as you said many times, you know, God knows what it's going to take to, you know, bring our, our children, our prodigal loved ones back. We have to trust him in his sovereignty, him in his omniscience, him in his omnipotent power, you know, to do whatever it takes uh, to get it done. He is faithful. Um, and uh, we we have the difficult task at times because <laughs> we are temporal, you know, see it all as he can. So we tend to get impatient, but, you know, God is sovereign. Um, he is in control. He will do it. You know, our job is to continue to be steadfast, seek the Lord, fast and pray and consecrate ourselves, our lives, we're standing up and living right as examples. You know, we don't have to beat our children up with uh, the gospel or our adult children, especially, uh, you know, our yeah. own smaller children, you know, yeah, we, we need to take them to church, you know, mm. drag them in if we have to, but, you know, our adult children, they're there, um, you know, in need of our love first and foremost, mm. and in need of our encouragement and, prayer and don't let the love of this world the affirmation love that's not what i'm talking about here i'm talking about agape love the love of the father you know yes. um because the world twists it they twist the language you know they control the language because they want to control the narrative and they twist things and pervert things and 
who is the ultimate perverter of things is Satan. We know That's this. Correct. So That's correct. Um, but then, JB, I wanted to get your opinion on something. Uh, I was going to yes, comment sir. on it, and you did mention that the enemy is at work in deceiving the minds of our young people. This weekend had the event in Boston, Satan Con. That's right. And Satan I was watching Con. on Satan Con. I was watching on the videos of the number of young people that were drawn to this event. Can you describe exactly what Satan Con was and your opinion about this ungodly event that took place in Boston? I mean, it is kind of exactly what it says. You know, it's a it's a group of Satanists, you know, whether or not they want to call themselves a religion or just call themselves an anti-religious you know, organization. It doesn't really matter. We all know where it is. We know who their king is, the, you know, um, the little god of this world. But it was so anti-Christ. And that's the world today, you know, the self is, you know, the spirit of antichrist that's, you know, per just taken over in this world, mm. you know. Um, but it was perverse. Um, it was certainly, um, you know, and I, I, I can't sit here and watch too many of the clips, you know. Uh, but, you know, needless to say, they're bold in it. You know, I don't know why the church now has, has gotten so cowardly, you know, in taking a stance, you know. Mm. Um, maybe it's because, uh, again, they control the language, they control the narrative, and people are afraid to be labeled something. But you know what? Christ was never afraid to take a stand. Christ never compromised, and he took it right to the cross. You know, who are yes. we to, to be fearful of this in this world? And what, you know, what can they do to us? Our, 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 gift is eternity in heaven with our father you know why are we sitting here silent um and allowing this to happen on our watch you know shame on us shame on us yes. the church needs to repent as a whole and, and we need to start standing up again and being the standard in this world instead of trying to use the world to draw in uh the world into church you know it's interesting uh you mentioned the boldness or the lack of boldness that we have as believers in standing up for the truth at one point during the satan con it's my understanding that somebody actually tore the pages of a bible yep. ripped up a bible tore it up page by page by page but i find it you know <clears throat> and, and perhaps i'm mistaken but why is it the bible that they're tearing and not the quran mm. Why is it the Bible and not some manuscript from Buddha? That's right. That's right. You know, it's not. It's Christianity because they can't handle the truth, and the truth hurts, and so they rail against it in in whatever mere way they feel like they're doing. But God's word's eternal. You think the pages on the book, you know, are uh, you doing anything to God's word? You know, but it, again, it's 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 Christianity that's under attack here, not yes. these other little you know, religions and, and philosophies or anything like that. And I think pastor said it before, you know, as we were mentioning like the Easter bunny and, and Santa Claus, it's like, you don't have to pervert the perverted, you know? Uh -huh. So this is, you know, we serve the, the one true and living God. And it, yes. it is time for all of us to stand up for him, say it loud, um, and maybe even start speaking with our money. You know, because the world is, is out there to try and cancel us. And I guarantee you, there's many more of us than there are of that little voice out there. Yes, yes, definitely. Amen. Amen. Yeah.
Wow, some great insights from my brother Jamie. I look forward. I, I actually miss having you in the same room with me co-hosting. Uh, I enjoy it myself. Uh, well, praise maybe God. Maybe someday when uh, we're a little bit closer um, and not so far away, we can set up a regular thing. But uh, yes, it's a little bit difficult for us at, at this time. That's true. That's true. But I thank you so much for calling in and sharing your insights, my brother. Thank you, my brother, and everybody out there, be encouraged. God bless. God bless. Thank you, Brother Jamie. Before we enter into a word of prayer, before we enter, come before the throne of grace and praying for our prodigals, I'm going to read a scripture. Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 through 44. Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44. And I'll be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. True words. The Lord is coming soon. Lord is coming soon, and we need to be ready. We need to pray. And so we're going to come before the throne of grace right now and lift up in prayer the requests that we have. We have several names that we are bringing before the Lord. So please join me as we bring these requests before the throne of grace. Our first prayer requests are for two young men. We pray for them every week, both of them by the name of Joshua. And both these young men were struggling with substance abuse. And one of these young men came to Christ, accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and of course is still struggling to maintain the faith. The enemy never lets this kind of thing go unchecked or unchallenged. The other young man, Joshua, is the son of our godly pastor, and he also is struggling. But we will pray for both of these young men, for their deliverance and salvation and their perseverance. Join me as we pray for both these young men. Father, we lift up both these young men, Joshua and Joshua. You know they're in two separate locations, both with the same name, Heavenly Father. But you see all the details in each of their lives, Lord. Right now we pray for both these young men as they continue in the struggle against the demonic force of addiction and substance abuse. Lord, the enemy would love nothing more than to keep in their minds that they need drugs to learn how to cope with their depression or problems. The enemy wants to keep them in bondage to chemicals. We pray against the mental and the emotional addiction. The Word of God says, yet yeah, you shall know the truth, and the truth is what will set you free. And so we pray for deliverance from mental addiction to chemicals and substance abuse. We rebuke the thoughts that they need drugs to cope with depression or anxiety. It's a lie from the enemy, and we rebuke this lie in the name of Jesus. We pray against chemical dependency 
that the body needs these chemicals to deal with stress. We pray for healing of the mind and healing of the body for both these young men in the name of Jesus. We claim healing and restoration both mentally, emotionally, and physically. And Lord, in terms of coming to the faith, we pray that you give perseverance and strength. The enemy will not let go any commitment to you, Lord Jesus. He will challenge it and try to make someone discouraged and turn away from the faith. We rebuke the forces of darkness and pray for the continued perseverance for accepting Christ as Lord and Savior, a continued hunger for your word, filling of the Holy Spirit, and strength and encouragement. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you, Lord God. Amen. There are three young ladies we're going to lift up before the throne of grace. One young lady's name is Angela. Angela is the daughter of a dear brother named Jeremiah. And we pray for Angela every week. And Angela was going through some issues which I believe the other two young ladies are going through. Valentina is another young lady uh, going through some personal issues and some struggles. It's my understanding that neither Angela or Valentina have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And Valentina is the daughter of a dear brother and sister in Christ that attends Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. And a third young lady by the name of Gabby. Gabby is the young daughter of a Christian couple. The mother called in, I believe it was two months ago, in our podcast and spoke to our pastor. And there were concerns regarding Gabby and some issues of perhaps depression and anxiety and perhaps low self-esteem these are all lies from the enemy the enemy would love nothing more than to see these three young ladies continue in their wayward walk away from christ but we are going to pray these three young ladies into the kingdom and we're going to lift them up before the throne of grace for their deliverance and their salvation so please join me in prayer for gabby angela and Valentina. My God, we just come before you in Jesus' name, Lord, humbly, Father. You see these three young ladies, Lord. You know where they live. They are in three different locations, but distance is no problem for you, Lord God. And you know all the details of whatever it is they're feeling and going through. Low self-esteem, depression, guilt, anxiety, feeling down, anxiousness, whatever it is that these three young ladies are going through, Lord God, whatever it is that they're struggling with, we pray against it in Jesus' name. Lord, deliver these three young ladies from all these emotional and mental issues, Lord God. Speak to their hearts and minds. Let them see, all three of them, let them see that they need you, Lord Jesus. Whatever it is that they're involved in, whatever it is that they're in bondage to, whatever it is that's keeping them from turning to you, Lord God, no matter what it is, it could be maybe they don't think they need you. Maybe they think that religion and the Bible are for older people. Maybe they're involved in 
things which are keeping them from the truth. Maybe it's peer pressure, whatever it is, Lord God. Maybe it's apathy, no time for the things of God or they don't want to be bothered. Lord, open up their eyes to the urgency that they need to turn to you, Lord God. Give none of these three young ladies, Lord, any peace. They're already suffering from a lack of peace, Lord God. But your son Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he gives the peace that passes all understanding. So we pray for Gabby, Angela, and Valentina, that you would bring all three of them to the foot of the cross. Bring them to the place where they would see that they need you, Lord Jesus. Convict them of their sin. Soften any hardened hearts. Remove any obstacles, Lord God. The enemy has blinded them. So we pray that the blinders be removed so that they see the truth of what they need to do. We pray for their deliverance from whatever is holding them in bondage. And we rebuke the powers of darkness that are holding on to them. And like Abraham went into the enemy's camp and rescued Lot, we enter the enemy's camp and proclaim freedom and deliverance for Gabby, Angela, and Valentina. Deliver them, Lord. Save them. Make all three of them your children, Lord God. Bring them into the sheepfold, Lord God. Make them sheep. You are the great shepherd, Lord we commit them into your hands, and we thank you right now for their salvation. We know you'll bring it to pass your own way and in your own time. We know the answer is coming. We need your help, Lord. I touch and agree with my sister Thelma. We need your help, Lord God. And we reach out for it, help. We praise you and we thank you for their deliverance and their salvation. Encourage the parents of these three young ladies Help them not to get discouraged. Maybe things will get worse before they get better, Lord. Demonic forces always agitate whenever prayer is lifted up for the unsaved. And so I pray that you help the parents of these three young ladies persevere in the faith, not get discouraged, and continue to pray for them. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for their salvation. Amen. Well, my brother Jamie was on the air earlier, and I mentioned that this podcast was born out of a concern for both our unsaved children. And it wasn't that long ago when my brother Jamie shared that his daughter, China, and China's friend, Alexa, accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But as I've said before, there is no way the enemy is going to let this go. He will try to destroy the work of God. But we're going to lift up China and Alexa in prayer. That the Lord keep them. Watch over them and protect them. Join me in touch and agree for China and Alexa. Father, we just thank you and praise you for godly parents that are praying and fasting and interceding for the children, whether they're young or whether they're adults, Lord. We thank you and praise you for both China and Alexa, that in your own way and in your own time, you did the work, Holy Spirit, and you convicted both of them of their sin, and you opened up their eyes to the truth of the gospel. We praise you and we thank you for their salvation. Their names are written in the book of life, and when the trumpet blows, they both will be raptured. 
And Father, I pray right now that even now the enemy is going to be working to lure these two young ladies back into the world, maybe through discouragement. Maybe the enemy may tell them, don't take this too seriously and don't be fanatical about it. Lord, we pray. Yes, Lord, make them both fanatics. Make them both on fire for you, Lord God. Protect them from the evil one. Protect them from demonic forces that will try to lure them back into old ways and old patterns of thinking and old habits. We pray for both China and Alexa that you continue to give them a hunger for your word, that they read your word every day and grow spiritually, drawing closer to you, and that their lives bear fruit for you, Lord God, that they continue to live for your honor and glory, that they continue to serve you with commitment and devotion, that they walk circumspectly, looking around with spiritual discernment and wisdom, watching out for the snares that the enemy would set for them. Give them strength, give them perseverance, and bless both Alexa and China. They're in your care, Lord God, and we praise you and we thank you for holding on to them. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's exactly what he wants to do to both these young ladies. We rebuke all his attempts to do any of these three things. In Jesus' name, amen. Right now, I want to lift up in prayer a young man by the name of Edgar. And Edgar is an adult, but he is the adult son of a dear Christian couple that attends Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. And there were some issues regarding a lifestyle that Edgar was living, and the lifestyle was affecting Edgar's young daughter. And there were some issues that occurred, and Edgar was going through a hard time. He did come to a service at church one Sunday morning. And every weekend, I usually ask the parents how Edgar is doing, and the report is that he is doing fair, but has still not accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. Right now, we're going to pray for Edgar's salvation, the salvation of his soul. Touch and agree with me for this young man, Edgar. Heavenly Father, I just lift up this man to you, Lord God, Edgar. Lord, you see him right now where he is where he's living and father i just pray right now that you see the issues he's facing lord and you know all things you know all the details of our lives and i pray first and foremost lord that you look on edgar's life the enemy has him bound the enemy has him deceived the enemy has him blinded but we pray one that you open up his eyes to the deception of the enemy Open up his eyes so that he is no longer blinded to the truth. And free him, Lord God, from whatever is keeping him in bondage. Lord, it may be a certain lifestyle. It may be certain vices. Maybe he's content with the way he's living and doesn't see a need to turn to you, Lord. Lord, yes, Lord, give him emptiness in his heart and soul. Give him no rest until he sees the need for a savior do what it takes to save this gentleman lord god convict him of his sin open up his eyes to the truth lord we rebuke any demonic forces in his life and in his home that would keep him from the truth of the gospel and the foot of the cross 
We thank you and we praise you for Edgar's deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Our last prayer request is going to be for the son of a dear sister who I believe is listening to our podcast right now. This young man's name is Johnny, and Johnny is facing some difficult issues regarding substance abuse. It's my understanding that he is still most likely involved with substance abuse and is still unsaved. And so what we're going to do right now, we're going to lift up Johnny in prayer. We're going to pray for his deliverance, and we're going to pray for his salvation. So touch and agree with me for Johnny's deliverance and salvation, so that he comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, your word says that we need to stay awake. We don't know when you're coming, Lord God. You'll come as a thief in the night. And Lord, the last thing we want to see is for anyone to enter a Christless eternity and get left behind when the rapture takes place. And so we lift up this young man, Johnny, Lord, you're coming as soon, and we pray right now that you deliver Johnny from whatever is holding him in bondage, the chains of addiction or an alcoholism, Lord God, that you free him from these chains, Lord. Let your spirit work in his life, in his mind. Do whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes to bring this young man to the point where he says, enough. I need the Savior. I'm at the end of my rope. I need to accept Christ. We pray for this, Lord God, that you do what is necessary. Give Johnny a Damascus Road experience if that's what it takes, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you bring somebody his way with the gospel. Maybe he'll hear it on the radio. Maybe he'll meet someone who will give him a gospel track or who will witness to him. Whatever way you choose, Lord God, get the gospel to him. Bombard him with the gospel. Give him no rest. Your word already says that there is no peace, no rest for the wicked. Give Johnny no rest until he comes into the rest that is in you, Lord Jesus. Open up his eyes to the truth. Remove any heart obstacles that exist. Maybe it's bitterness or anger or apathy for the things of God. Softened the hardened heart, opened the closed mind, opened the closed face of the truth. We pray for Johnny's deliverance and salvation. And we thank you and we praise you because we know that the answer has already come and is already at work in Jesus' name. And I pray for Johnny's mother that you continue to bless her. Let your hand be upon her. Give her a strong sense of your presence. Continue, Holy Spirit, to give her peace and strengthen her trust in you, Lord God. Don't let her get discouraged or throw in the towel or ever believe the enemy's lies that Johnny is too far gone. Nothing is impossible for you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for Johnny's mother. Let your spirit be upon her. We commit all these prayers to you, Lord. We thank you for the answer. It's already here. We're waiting for the testimonies as they come in of answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've gone past the hour of 8 o'clock. 
And I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And God willing, we will be on the air again next Thursday, May 11th at 7 p.m. We invite you to continue to text in to the Podbean website, or actually the Parents of Prodigals website. If you have prayer requests that you want to be honored, we will honor your prayer requests. You don't have to wait till the podcast is on. You can send them to the Parents of Prodigals website and send in your prayer requests, and we will honor them and pray for them. And I thank God I got a message from my dear sister, Mary Ellen Garaski, who says that she will be praying for my son and daughter. Sister Garaski, God bless you. Thank you so much for your prayers for my son's continued perseverance in the faith and my daughter's salvation. And we will continue to pray for Gabby as well. The answer is coming, sister. Hang on. I say to you what I say to all who are listening every week on the air as we close this podcast out. Continue in prayer, watching therein. And most of all, Sister Thelma, Sister Mary Ellen, to myself, to all of you who are parents of prodigals waiting to see the deliverance and salvation of your unsaved wayward prodigal sons and daughters. Watch the road. Your prodigal, my prodigal, all of our prodigals will be on it. God bless you. And until next Thursday, May 11th, be well and God bless.